Six Podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 21st. I'm Will Brinson, the host of CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast, and the guy who just blew Sean Wagner McGuff's ears off. Yeah, I already had to adjust my volume down. This is your second podcast with me that we're recording of the day because we also were, um, I don't, we are grateful. We were grateful enough to be allowed to appear on Fantasy Football Today, the award-winning daily fantasy show featuring uh, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings. I think that's it. Dave, it's Dave Richard, uh, Ben Gretsch, Chris uh, mm-hmm. Chris Towers. Is anybody else? I think that's it. Right? That's, that's it. the full that's cast. It. Yeah, it's, anyway, that's it's a who good, makes the show. show you should, no, we're just kidding. We got to mention it by name today. I don't know if Adam even knows about the gag that I like to pull on the Pick 6 podcast. But Adam Azer is joining us live from his luxurious Northeastern mansion, uh, somewhere in Connecticut or New York. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm in New York. I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> great. I am um, great. I am happy. I am pumped, man. Like, are you as a college football fan? Are you excited for the Miami Florida game this weekend? Damn right. I bet on uh, Florida plus seven and a half. Or minus seven and a half. Florida, oh my, right? no, no, no! I took Miami. Then I took Miami. I took the dog oh, in the game. Whatever dude, the dog Kate, is. you better be eating peanut butter and jelly for the next few days because you are losing however much money you put. <laughs> they are going to get killed. You think so? They are, oh, they're going to get trounced. I like to be there, and I'm looking forward to it. But you, it's not going to be good for me. So wait, so you're coming down, and you're going to be in. And I think I don't know if you know this, but mm-hmm. on Thursday you're going to be doing a lot of work. Because yeah, yeah. Origi- yeah, I'm working from like 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Thursday. Yeah, you and I are going to be um, on CBS Sports HQ from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. doing some live preseason stuff. But before that, we're going to be on the, on CBS Sports HQ and CBSSports.com. I know the CBS Sports app for six straight hours doing the second annual Fantasy Football Today Telethon, FFT Telethon 2.0 as I like to call it. Uh, it's airing this week. It's, it's going to benefit a great cause. St. Jude, last year we raised like 13000 bucks to help fight uh, childhood cancer. And this year we hope to raise even more by doing it in the middle of the day. There will be a ton of guests involved. We'll be answering your phone calls, taking tons of like, – like just we've got everyone from the fantasy side involved, like Dave, Heath, Jamie. Adam's going to be down here. We're also going to have Danny Cannell and Brian McFadden here, as well as former NFL players like Roddy White, Eddie Lacy – Hell yeah. And Dwayne Bow plus the Pick 6 podcast crew will be answering calls. I will be dressed up in 80s gear. Adam, will you be wearing a costume to this? Or you seem like somebody who would boycott the costume idea. No, I'm all in. I just don't have anything. And I, I'm like, I'm, I'm in New York now. I'm coming the day before the telethon down to Florida, so I don't really have time. But they said they were going to shop for me a little bit. I saw some of the stuff that was being shopped for. You've got, you and I may be kind of close to matching, honestly. I don't, that's fine. I, Short of that, I feel like if they just get me a fake mustache. Oh, oh my God, I'm getting a fake mustache too. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I have to go buy it at Target this afternoon. So I'll pick you up an extra one if I buy one. Yeah, please do, actually. I would appreciate that. I will. Uh, you can watch all of this shenanigans, uh, again, to, to help benefit a great cause. Oh, and our friends from the industry, fantasy football industry, like the fantasy footballers are going to join in. Um, you can watch this all on CBSSports.com, as well as through the CBS Sports app on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, or Apple TV. Uh, we would like to go off on a pre-show tangent and rant about various things like the Miami Hurricanes, but we got biz to get to, Adam and Sean. Uh, first up, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> this is, this is like so Cowboys. As if they haven't had enough attention this offseason. As if they haven't purposely dragged out these contract negotiations with Zeke and Dak and Amari Cooper to try and draw attention to themselves and have people talk about the Cowboys and what they'll do. I mean, every effing show we're talking about the cowboys every freaking like hit on a radio show they're asking you about the cowboys and so dallas sends out this email that says um i believe it said at 4 30 p.m we are calling here it is a dallas cowboys press conference has been scheduled for today at 4 30 p.m at the star and it will take place in the team's press conference room that is next to the main atrium lobby at one cowboys way in frisco the cowboys will announce a contract extension for a current member of the team's roster at this gathering so that they send this out at 2 30 p.m everybody freaks the geek out oh my god it's zeke zeke's coming it's dak oh my god they fixed it nope it's Jalen Smith, linebacker Jalen Smith, who former Notre Dame player was a um, superstar player. Hurt himself, I believe it was the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State early on, and uh, and and then you know, had to undergo like the microfracture surgery, but made a quick return. And Adam has morphed into a fantastic player. 
were you, when you heard this news that a contract extension was coming as a fantasy guy, how annoyed were you that it wasn't Zeke Elliott? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, slightly annoyed. I still expect that to get done. I'm hoping for it anyway. But I don't know why I just, like, why are we all just sitting here ex- as fantasy analysts expecting Zeke to sign? You wrote an article about it, Will, about how you're not so convinced that Zeke really has to come back, right? Mm. Well, this was, this is when they said August 8th. Oh, it was, was, it like, was originally August 6th. They were like, he has to 6th. report. It turns out he doesn't have to report because right. he has, he will get an accrued season no matter what in, in 2020. Yeah. So I don't know why we're just sitting there sort of assuming it's all going to work out. I still take him fourth, just draft Tony Pollard to look pretty good, but I was annoyed. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Smith, whatever. He, He's good. They have some really good linebackers, but I don't, I don't care about them. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Sean? Good. We, and we don't know the details, but I, I would presume that because of the timing of this deal and because of Jalen Smith's injury history and because of how much he lost out when he fell in the, he used to be a top five pick. Yeah. I was going to say, I would assume that he is, this is a team friendly deal that the Cowboys can then trumpet in Zeke and Dak's face. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I might, was, I might tweet that right now. <laughs> I, I'm glad that I'm in studio so I can see how Wilburnson. This operates. is how the magic happens. I'm actually just my first takeaway is I'm happy for Jalen Smith because I J, Jalen Smith uh, in July was talking about how he wasn't stressed about his new contract that Jerry Jones would quote cut the check when it's time, and I, I wrote that that story and I was like I don't know if the Cowboys need to give him an extension right now because he's going to be in a, a restricted free agent after the season, which means they don't need to make it a priority. They can retain him for pretty cheap. Without worrying about another team poaching him, poaching him away, but for a guy like this who was going to be a top five pick in the draft, and he lost out on millions of dollars through three seasons, he's only made five million. Which you know, for a guy who would have been a top five pick, he would have easily trumped that. So that's I think not even Brinson, that's not even Brinson money. <laughs> five bill over three. Come on. So I, I think my initial reaction was I'm just happy for him that he's finally getting paid. But to Brinson's point. Pocket change. I don't think this is going to make him, you know, one of the highest, I would imagine the highest paid inside linebacker. I imagine because they have so many deals they still have to make. If they agree to a contract, I assume it's going to be very team friendly. I assume it's going to help them get Dak, um, Amari and Zeke, you know, under the cap, which by the way, the, you know, they can't afford to do. It's not like they don't, they can't do it. It's just that they don't want to do it. The Cowboys right. have been a really cheap team over the last several seasons and now finally they have to, pay up and i imagine this will be the first of many deals in the weeks to come um and it's possible i guess you know he was going to the final year of his god was he already in the final year of his contract that seems insane but i mean that's you know he was he was going to the final year of his contract and said you know they, they weren't going to let him um you know they weren't going to let him walk right i was thinking he had one more year left well he this. he would have been a restricted free agent oh that's right he would have been RFA. so it would yeah, have yeah, been yeah, yeah, easy yeah. for them to retain him yeah so they, they just match any offer sheet yeah they so didn't need to do but this you, but you get him paid now for jalen smith i mean look it's smart you take the risk out of whatever you know you like you don't want to tear your knee up again in 2019 and then all of a sudden you know you're you're back to to square one and you can't get any money from the cowboys um the danger by the way of tweeting in the middle of a podcast is that if you're wrong about something <laughs> you can get blitzed by replies so we'll see what happens with me on that one um we'll get the contract details probably to you tomorrow because we're recording this because adam had a uh, was gracious enough to make time for us and we we're gonna get to fantasy by the way we're gonna talk fantasy strategies for different kind of leagues adam is a noted strategist uh, John Gruden practiced Adam with a uh, certified helmet, according. Gruden did. Wow. Oh, yeah. around. He's like an eighth round pick. <laughs> he is eighth round pick. I would take Gruden in like the fifteenth round. He's better. I took I took the Bills defense accidentally when I went on auto draft. Um, Antonio Brown practiced with a certified helmet. Uh, we will break down everything from hard knocks again in tomorrow's show. Uh, we will be out for a company dinner when that's airing, and I will not be in shape to record a podcast afterwards. Uh, Gruden said it's a certified helmet. So he's all in and ready to go. That's my understanding. I'm happy to have him out there. He's a great player. Gruden also said, Adam, that uh, he didn't believe any of this Antonio Brown stuff was a distraction, which is just a completely and utterly fabricated lie. It bothers me that I might not be the best host in CBS. Like, you are just terrific. That was outstanding, your John Gruden thing oh, there. You. Very funny. I love your show, by the way. I heard you talking about Antonio Brown with Heath yesterday. Thank you. Um, no, no, you're sandbagging, and I have to sandbag back, but you are the no, best. No, I swear. You're like, this you're outstanding. Gross. I promote your show a lot, as you know, because I, I know, know you, you listen to FFT. Just so you know, just so you know, I was told that this was yesterday. So I was told on Monday, I was like, by someone, I'm not going to name who it was because I don't want them, you to know that they like you better than me. They're like, my goal is for one day for you to have a tenth of the pre-production process that Adam Azer has. I know exactly who said that to you. Who was uh, it? 
It was EK. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> Brunson, <laughs> like you just have to send out a rundown, and we would all be happy. That's all you have to do. That, uh, At Adam, least more than 10 minutes before Adam, we record. Adam does incre- like the most detailed notes you will ever see before a podcast. He said, I, I, I mean, it's Can I just get one forwarded so I can compare it to what you send on Slack, which is like, I think we'll hit something like this. I'll just talk. You guys react. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much uh, what it is. Anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, preparation is key, I guess, right? But uh, no, is it a distraction? Sure. But I think that when the dust settles and they just go play week one, I'm not sure any of it's going to matter anymore. I, I just, I'm excited for Antonio Brown to get out there. And I, you know, I'm not reacting as negatively as some other fantasy analysts. I'm okay with him in the third round. Wow. It was always a little dicey with him in the second round in PPR, but third round, like, I would, I would still take him over Amari Cooper. Um, I, like, I think he's gonna be fine. He's gonna play. He's back. He's gonna be fine. He's gonna be good. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm all in. Are you, you and I independently, I joked with you over email or, or text or something, uh, both came to the, like, the conclusion on our separate podcast that, uh, in fantasy football today, if you haven't subscribed to it, you should do that right now. It will get you through, uh, the season leading up to, and, and then, I mean, it'll, it will save your season. So subscribe to it. Um, you could draft Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, and Antonio Brown in the same draft. Would you, would you, how would you feel if you got that draft? Do we throw AJ Green in there in round yeah, five? Yeah, sure. Throw AJ Green in there. Really, all risk team. If I only had one fantasy team, I wouldn't do that. If I had like three or more, I would not mind taking Zeke, Gurley, Brown, Gordon in rounds one through one through four, and then and and then yeah, and then AJ Green because I you know the only one I'd really be nervous about there honestly is, is Melvin Gordon. Oh, Green, yeah, Melvin like Gordon, Green. Yeah. Obviously, when you draft Green, you know you have to replace him. But once you do that. I think he's going to be pretty good. I think he's going to be really good when he gets back. I'm not saying he's done getting injured this year, but as long as he plays, he's going to be really good, A.J. Green. Gordon is the one that's the most serious situation. And, like, take advantage of this Antonio Brown panic and and get good value on him. Mm. I, I, I agree with that because we were saying throughout the whole helmet saga that I wasn't worried about the helmet because he wasn't going to retire. He wasn't going to turn down that money. He was going to play even if he wasn't even if it required right. wearing a helmet that he didn't like. I was always worried about the feet. If he, if he had to wear a, a helmet that was like completely wrapped with no vision to make $30 million, he'd do Yes, it. exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think he and might he's, not. Like, Yvonne's perfect on his team, so he's fine. Like, he doesn't <laughs> have to worry about getting sniped. <laughs> and what I was always worried about is, look, he has frostbitten feet, and we don't know what the timeline for that yeah. is. But if John Gruden says the feet are not an issue, I mean, if you can get him in the third round, I mean, this is a guy. He also said it wasn't a distraction, but like, that's just a lie. This was a massive distraction. It's all anyone's been talking about. But if Antonio Brown is practicing, I, I imagine his feet are fine. And the feet is always what bugged me because, Mm. you know, you're not playing football with frostbitten feet. And so if they have somehow warmed up his feet to the point where the frostbite's gone, I'm taking him third, fourth round for sure. I think there's an argument to be made. He should go higher. Um, I mean, who else is Derek Carr going to throw the ball to? I mean, that's sort of my concern is Derek Carr, but. Derek Carr can hit the short slants that Antonio Brown can, you know, can take yeah. to the house. I mean, I think Antonio Brown is good enough to elevate Derek Carr. I think they're going to be not a good football team that gives up a lot of points that could lead to a lot of garbage time yards um, for Antonio Brown. So I don't think it's an issue. I, if it was a keeper league, you know, I'd be giving some pause whether I'd keep him just because he's aging and his yards per catch is going down. But for this upcoming season, I think he's fine. Would you rather have uh, – yeah, go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I wanted to add two things on this. Uh, one – if there's a concern about Antonio Brown, it's that he's obviously on a new team, and he missed a lot of important reps and preseason games if he was going to play with the foot injury and with the helmet saga, but mostly the foot injury. So that that can't be completely ignored. Uh, in terms of Derek Carr being a downgrade for him, I just feel like there are so few quarterbacks that are that bad that they can't give us good fantasy wide receivers. And Derek Carr, twice in his career, has already given us two top 24 receivers in the same season. Once he gave us two top 20 wide receivers in the same season. Both times it was Cooper and Crabtree. So obviously we want Brown to be better than that, but I think he will be better than that because I don't think Tyrell Williams is as good as, as Crabtree and Cooper were. Um, you know, it's just, it, you have to be Brock Osweiler. Is, is Derek Carr worse than Eli Manning? No. no is no. Derek Carr worse than Andy Dalton? I don't know. I mean, if you took AJ Green off, off of the I mean, Bengals, I think Dalton would be pretty bad. It's, it's, it's debatable. I just don't think that he can't give us a good Antonio Brown season. Right. We talk, That's fair. we That's talk fair. so much crap about Derek Carr in this podcast. Look, I'm biased because his family well, hates me. It, what? We're <laughs> just, blocked by all three, Adam. We're, when we talk, at least for me, when I talk crap about Derek Carr, I don't think he's, you know, the 33rd best quarterback in football. It's right. just that a couple years ago, he's being hyped as an MVP caliber quarterback. And I look at him as more in the bottom half. 
yes. of the league and not worth giving a huge extension to, which the Raiders. Well, did I think I think the Andy thought Dal- that he sucks. He's terrible. Right. The Andy Dalton comparison is a pretty good one. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I don't know if I want Andy Dalton or Derek Carr as my quarterback, but. Adam's right. I mean, he has produced plenty of good seasons. I do think the question is, you know, will he match up well in that offense with what John Gruden wants to do and with what Antonio Brown does well? But, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not drafting him. I haven't drafted him yet. I might end up doing it. I just haven't. There's too many guys I like in the third round, like a George Kittle or Marlon Mack or Leonard Fournette. Um, sometimes Kerryon Johnson is there, like, that I, that I just don't want to risk taking, um, Taking Antonio Brown, that's, that's probably why I go wide receiver early twice. Like I'll go wide receiver early and then come back and get running back or tight end in the third round. That just I just haven't had any Antonio Brown exposure. See, it's funny because I think I go, usually go the opposite. I like going running backs early. So then for me, a guy like Antonio Brown could be there in the third round for sure for me. For and sure. then I would I would love to have two said running backs and take a chance on Antonio Brown if, just being Antonio Brown. If you go running back with those top four running backs, you've got a real shot at Antonio Brown in the third round. It's a good spot to be at. I mean, I can't, you know, I can't complain about that. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, speaking of uh, top-tier quarterbacks, your guy, Daniel Jones. Adam Azer, huge Giants fan. Um, I don't know if you read about all this drama, Adam, but Baker told GQ Magazine. And by the way, second Cleveland Browns, Star player to be on in GQ in the past two months. Maybe take it down a notch or go somewhere else, guys. Uh, I cannot believe the Giants took Daniel Jones. Dot, dot, dot. Blows my mind. Dot, dot, dot. Some people overthink it. Dot, dot, dot. That's where people go wrong. They got they forget you've got to win. Either you have a history of winning and being that guy for your team, or you don't. Now, things got a little dicey when Daniel Jones was asked about it. He said, very much a Duke Manning reaction, Manning Jones reaction, David Cutcliffe reaction. Uh, got a lot to focus on here. I think he's a great player. He can throw it. I enjoy watching him play. Mayfield responded to that and said, this is not, this is not what I said, just so we're clear. I also said I was surprised I got drafted number one. Then was talking about the flaws in evaluating quarterbacks where I brought up winning being important. Reporters and media will do anything to come up with a clickbait story, said the guy who just posed in like leopard skin pants on GQ, heard nothing but good things and wished nothing but the best for Daniel. Is this a story or is this not a story, Adam? I think that Baker Mayfield, anything is going to be a story with him. Mm, he true. is don't don't take this the wrong way, but he is the new villain of the NFL. I think like he's going to be the most polarizing player. Some people I are like going it. to love him, and some people are going to hate him. He is he is the new Cam Newton, I'd say. Okay, all right. And, and it's just yeah, he's probably right. I mean that that quote. I don't know if it was taken out of context or not, but it was a very small quote and a very long story, and obviously. It was used very well as clickbait because I have only read GQ twice, and you <laughs> reference both times that I've read GQ. I would have pegged uh, you as a GQ guy. You, what's that? You with me? Yeah. You're very GQ, fashionable I male. Have, I have not bought. The headline, by the way, is Baker Mayfield isn't sorry about any of G- it. G- Except he is sorry. GQ, like by the way, always gets a lot of these like spicy quotes. I think the Jalen Ramsey interview where he like trashed every single quarterback was also G- GQ. Oh yeah, three yeah, times. No, it was. Uh, or was it? It was Clay Skipper for. But isn't it weird that like so now Baker Mayfield and Jalen Ramsey have both done GQ and then Mina Kimes, like 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 Mina Kimes for ESPN the Mag. Like they both did. This was like their off season. That's a bad omen for Baker and the Browns. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's why I'm thinking. I feel like now. The Browns are so talented that we have to invent reasons why they're not gonna. I don't think we're inventing reasons. I mean, there's just too I mean, much. GQ isn't a reason not to not to pick them. I do think the the Baker stuff. It's even if it's taken out of con- context, he still said it. Like he's not saying he's been misquoted. And the thing I like it as a fan. I think it's good that we have quarterbacks who are willing to say this, as opposed to you know the Russell Wilsons who won't say anything. But if Baker's the quarterback of your team. You don't want him to say this because to, you know, to your point, it's not that he's doing GQ. It's that he's creating unwanted, un, unnecessary, yeah, unwanted it, it controversy. Need to be there. And it reminds me of the stuff he said about Duke Johnson. It's 100%. There's, you, yeah. you can say it and I, I like it because, you know, we work in the industry and we're happy that we have these quotes. But if he's on your team, it's just such an easy thing to sidestep and to give a non answer to, which is what he should have done. Oh. You know, some people think it's too high, but you know, he's a promising guy. We'll see what happens. That's all you got to say. Yeah. So I like that he says it, but if I was a Browns fan, if I was Freddie Kitchens, I'd be saying you shouldn't be commenting on other players like this because now we're, now we're dealing in this media cycle that we're every single question 
tomorrow is going to be about this. And it's it's like Odell Beckham's been lashing, and we'll get. To, he also added Odell Beckham told Sports Illustrated this wasn't no business move. This was personal. They thought they'd send me here to die. That, ridi- the- that is the most ridiculous. <laughs> right, right. Quote. Well, yes. Every quote that that Beckham gives is more ridiculous than the last. Like every, anybody with a with a pulse knew that Cleveland was up and coming. Like this was a. Great yeah. move for him. <laughs> Nobody thought, oh, we're sending him to the laughing stock of football. Everybody was buying into the Browns. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous quote. Uh, no, I'm with you 100%, but like, this is what makes Baker's thing worse, is it's like he's teaming up with Odell to try and unnecessarily bash Cleveland. Like, if you were talking about Daniel Jones, if he just randomly, like, went on a drive-by shooting of Daniel Jones, maybe that would just be weird, but the fact <laughs> that, like, Odell is there, it's, it makes it even worse. And by the way, really quickly, this is a quasi-tangent, but I am curious about this. So Baker meets, um, Clay Skipper, the GQ, uh, author um, at a uh, at the at the steakhouse in Cleveland called the Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse, and Skipper writes it. Baker's not feeling himself. That doesn't mean that Baker doesn't you know doesn't have his usual swag or anything. It means that uh, simply, and I'm reading from the article, that he won't be ordering the Baker Mayfield steak, a hallmark dish here at the tastefully suburban Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. The handsome cut of beef that bears Mayfield's name, a filet mignon topped with a spicy cracked peppercorn and cognac bordelais sauce, appears on the menu squeezed between the steak LeBron and the Urban Meyer steak. <laughs> so my question to you, Adam Azer, is if you had to pick one, any, you can pick any cut of meat, that have to be steak, can be fish or whatever. There would be the the steak azer. What would it be? Does, that, does it have to be steak or no? No, it could be chicken. It could be chicken topped with avocado, mashed avocado for like. Oh, I'll tell you a story because I actually I, I uh, I've always sort of wanted to have something named after me because I'm the type of person uh, a food. I'm the type of person who goes to the same restaurant and gets the same thing like once me a too. week. Same you know? here. Same here. Yes. Me too. So I had this this taco place when I lived uh, in Lake Worth in Florida, like near Palm Beach. Uh, I had this taco place I used to go to, and I don't even remember what I got now. It's been so long, but I used to get the same thing at least twice a week, I'd say. And I'd call, and they'd recognize my voice, and they would say, oh, you want this? And I'm like, yep, yep. And I was always hoping that they would just call it <laughs> and just put it on the board. So it would be – it was like two hard-shell tacos uh, with just cheese and cheese and tomato. I, it's pretty simple. Any, ah, any I'm sorry. Meat? I wish I remember. that. Any meat? That's questionable. Beef or like – Chicken. chicken. Okay, chicken. So chicken. Yeah. Too hard. I love hard shells. I like hard shells better than soft shells. What? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I don't, but at that oh, particular no. place, they were, like, unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sean, what would be the, uh, the, the, di- the Wagner dish? Is it a dish or meat? The dish is... You can do whatever you want. I mean, you know, you know steakhouse is a pretty bomb. If I'm, if I'm doing steaks, it would definitely be, like, a ribeye. I would, I would have, like, a nice cut of, like, uh, Pittsburgh rare tuna. So I would do ribeye with, like, a garlic type of butter, probably on top. Mm. That's pretty. That's pretty Wagnery. Yeah. I might do a uh, steak Oscar if I had to do a steak, which would be like a big, like floppy amount of like crab meat hanging off the side, like my no perfect. It would be perfectly quaffed crab I, meat on top. The other thing I love meat wise is like just pan fried or grilled um, calamari steak would be up there for me. Calamari steak. Yeah. So it's not like calamari, not like the bits, like the squid. It's, it's like the it's, bigger it, part of the steak. It's meat. like it looks like a steak. It's but it's calamari. That sounds delicious. All right. Um, that was our meat tangent for the day. Uh, moving on, anything up, but do you want to keep ranting on Odell Beckham? Cause that was the funniest thing. Well, I, I, maybe Daniel Jones. I mean, I, I, I'm wondering how we feel about him. The one thing I wanted to see was, yeah, his where's, arms where, that, well, where's your head at as a Giants fan? Are you, I mean, cause no Giants fans were happy after the draft. I mean, six overall for Daniel Jones. Now but, they're excited, but now, yeah, are you excited now? Like where, where's your head at? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're not feeling it. <laughs> he doesn't have a great arm. I mean, yeah, Chris excited. Chris, What'd you say? Crispy taco excited, not soft. Yeah, taco. yeah. So. I was always curious about the arm strength because, you know, it, it just there didn't seem to be much going for him. But then every report I read was like, he's got good arm strength. His arm is fine. Even Prisco wrote about that. And then you see it in preseason and he's, you know, it's fine. It's not, he doesn't, he doesn't have like Dwayne Haskins arm, but he has made some really, really good throws. Uh, he's obviously intelligent. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I think we'll see him at some point this year and, I'm happy, you know, whatever. Give Gettleman <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. Gettleman, had, he did a good job. Didn't he do a good job with the Panthers? He did, right? I mean, he deserves some well, credit. Well, Kelvin Benjamin was a bad pick. It looked good at first. Um, I mean, he, he, he's made – he, he built a very good team there. He, he helped take a team that was kind of floating in the middle and turned it into a Super Bowl contender by making some good moves. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think Gettleman is – I think Gettleman has slid to the wrong side of overrated. Yeah, well uh, – I think like, that, I think he was underrated with Carolina. The, the and now he's, then he got a little overrated. I mean, now it's like, I mean, are, I think the narrative when the Giants hired him was, oh, they just got a guy who built the Panthers into a Super Bowl yeah. team. So I think 
But a lot of those guys were left To Adam's point, there was a narrative that this guy has built a Super Bowl team and could do it in in New York. And then the Saquon pick is what really exposed a lot well, of it wasn't even the Saquon pick. It was like the mocking of the yeah, analytics yeah, exactly. and being like, that, that I have it. seven Super Bowl rings. I've been to nine Super Bowls. Right. I think that has really shifted not only the narrative, but the way in which we go back and look at the way he did things in Carolina, like taking Christian McCaffrey, who's obviously a great player, but it still falls into that overvalue right. uh, individual running back. Yeah, and I mean, Alvin Kamara was out there as a much cheaper exactly, option. Exactly. You know? uh, yeah, and so I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, let's see. Andrew Luck, still no practice for Andrew Luck. We mentioned this on the Fantasy Football Today bonus podcast. Again, subscribe to that. Listen to Adam, Jamie, Heath, Dave, and uh, make sure to check out our Fantasy Football Telethon. Uh, what's your panic level? Scale of one to ten, Adam, on Andrew Luck at this point. Are you just not drafting him? No, I'm 100% drafting him. I, I think oh, people are going oh. crazy here. Ooh, luck is, is the, luck is the, could be the quarterback for your, uh, for your Zeke, yeah. <laughs> Zeke Brown. It's just like the all risk team that would be a, it would go undefeated if everything clicked right. We'll probably go 0 and 3 and then we'll run yeah. the table. Right. I, I mean, that's the thing. This is what I've been arguing with Jamie about on the show. It's like, you can easily get a second quarterback who you can start week one easily. It's so, it's so easy this year. Uh, and so take Andrew Luck. He's going in like round 10 now in our drafts. Anybody you take in that round, if they're a complete bust, it will have very minimal impact on your fantasy team. So take him. And then a round or two later, take another quarterback who you're comfortable with. Take Drew Brees for goodness sake. Nobody wants Drew Brees. Nobody, nobody wants Drew Brees. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, he's just he's got, free in fantasy drafts. He's got a, a, a Monday night primetime home game, first game of the year. He throws five touchdowns every time he's at home. Mm. On, in prime time. So, like, that's an exaggeration, but he's going to be great. It's it, Andrew Luck is is the easiest one to pick of all these questionable guys. One, because he's going the latest. Two, because it's the deepest position, and there is, like, no downside to taking him now as long as you're not taking him in the first, like, seven or eight rounds. Seven rounds, I'd say. Uh, he's practiced three times since April, as noted by Debo in our rundown. The team has labeled it a high ankle issue, but there's, like, a small bone issue, according to Crazy Crazy A. Jim Irsay. And uh, he did run through some drills prior to Saturday's preseason game. Still very much up in the air for week one. Jacoby Brissett could potentially start. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo posted a 0.0 rating in his preseason return. Should we be panicking about Jimmy Garoppolo in fantasy, Adam? Or should we not care because you weren't drafting him anyway? Again, I feel the same way. But I've always been the highest guy on Jimmy Garoppolo. He's sort of been like my guy. He's been really good uh, when he started. I think the one exception would be week one last year at Minnesota. He threw three interceptions. It's a tough, did tough, not spot, a good tough spot to play. Yeah, exactly. A lot of quarterbacks struggle there. But he opens the season with such a nice schedule. His first game is – it's either – I think it's at Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay. And um, I think you can understand a guy throwing six passes and being really bad in his first action in about a year. And it was only six passes. So I understand moving him down in the rankings a little bit, but I still think he's very, very much in play as a second quarterback that you draft that has high upside, 8.5 yards per attempt last year, absolutely, or uh, in his starts, sorry, in his nine games, eight starts, 8.5 yards per attempt. Uh, Nick Mullins was one of the best in yards per game and yards per attempt last year. So I just believe in Shanahan and I believe in Garoppolo. I don't see a reason, like, I just don't see a reason to freak out over six passes in a preseason game. It seems, it seems a little narrow minded to me. That's fair. I freaked out on HQ, our streaming, 24-7 streaming sports network. But I was mostly looking for entertainment value. I was hoping Ryan Wilson would be pragmatic and calm me down. And he just didn't. He's like, yeah, Garoppolo sucks. Uh, and so <laughs> I think that's because I've been sitting here for six months being like lowest on the 49ers, pointing out about yeah. how Garoppolo started 10 games in his career. And I mean, what if he's not good? He just might not be. The, I don't think he's bad. I just think the 49ers. What if he's Derek Carr or Andy Dalton? So they made a huge mistake on that contract. Yeah, I've been saying this that I don't love that contract, and he—I don't think to me he's not proven it. Yeah, well, part of the problem too now I think is that the John Lynch Kyle Shanahan narrative has shifted, right? Mm-hmm. So it's gone from these guys are geniuses and they're like taking taking everybody down. They tricked the Bears into giving them picks. It's like wait a minute, everyone they pick is hurt or sucks or like got cut for domestic violence reasons, <laughs> and their quarterback can't stay on the field. They gave up a second rounder for him. Why did we think they bamboozled Bill Belichick? And they gave that a big contract happen. to him too. That yeah. it wasn't the pick. It's the, they like, had to give him a new. Like deal. it was, but I mean, like I'm just saying, and we at the time we're like, well, Belichick just couldn't get his way in New England. You know. He got Robert Kraft forced his hand. Tom Brady forced his hand. He traded Garoppolo for just a second round pick. That's crazy. When what if what if what if he's like these fools are giving me a second round pick for Garoppolo? Right. And so the only reason why I, 
I wouldn't draft him, but the only reason why I think Garoppolo might be fine, as Adam said, I have faith in Kyle Shanahan. And so yeah, I sure. don't think he's going to be bad in that offense because I just think inherently you can stick a Nick Mullins in that offense and have it be somewhat productive. And uh the biggest thing that concerns me about him is his touchdown rate. I think we saw that in 2017 when he played those five games. He was electric, but they were kicking a lot of field goals in the red zone. But I love his yards per attempt, and that usually does indicate the quarterback is not terrible when you yeah. average over eight yards per attempt. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Oh, by the way, Jamie has him 20th, Heath has him 21st, and Dave has him 22nd. He's free as far as you're concerned. Uh, and Garoppolo said, it's something I haven't done in a year, obviously, so I've got to knock the rust off. And Mike Shanahan called it a uh, big hurdle to get out there for the first time, but we haven't seen any issues with the knee. I will say, too, Adam, um, I'm not sure where the Broncos are going in fantasy defenses, but the Broncos are probably underrated and could easily be the number one defense in football because Vic Fangio is a great coordinator. Uh, Bradley Chubb is looks like he's set to have a monster year, and Von Miller could easily win Defensive Player of the Year. And added Bryce Callahan, too. Bryce Callahan, yeah. By the way, Bears fans were, were telling me that, that Callahan's not a starter. I was like, yeah, he's a nickelback. They play nickel. The, the only concern back. with him is his injuries. He's, sure. he's got some injury issues. Yeah. But, no, he's definitely one of the best nickelbacks. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, and Adam will wow us with his approach to draft strategies. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, you got your fantasy football draft coming up. And, and by the way, if you're going to you know, prep for a fantasy draft, you need to be watching, listening, first of all, to fantasy football today, watching it um, on uh, CBS Sports HQ every day from noon until 1 throughout the entire season. Um, and then I believe, Adam, uh, you can watch fantasy football today, the podcast in the mornings, right? Every morning at 830? Well, you can't watch it live, but you can watch it. If you have uh, CBS All Access, you can watch the entire show. Ooh. Or if you go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash fantasy football today, you can watch clips. Okay, cool. And, uh, CBS All Access is a great deal. You get, uh, like, there's tons of, you get NFL games on there. You get this, like, I'm not a big Star Trek guy. Um, but, yeah, for company purposes, I'll act like I am. And, uh, you can get, uh, exclusive Star Trek offers on there. Also, for your fantasy drafts to get prepped, the fantasy football today telethon Thursday night or Thursday afternoon, excuse me, noon to six. Bunch of people will be there. Danny Canal, Brian McFadden, myself, as I mentioned, uh, Roddy White, Eddie Lacey, Adam, Dwayne Bowe, Sean, everybody will be there. You can watch it. It's for a great call. St. Jude. And, uh, you can check it out on cbsports.com as well through the CBS sports app on your phone, Roku, Amazon fire TV or Apple TV. I plug in a lot, but it's for a good cause. Draft strategies, Adam. You got to approach them differently. You don't just draft. Zeke, Gurley, Brown, and Gordon in every league. What do you do if you're in a three-wide receiver league? How does that change your approach, particularly, I guess, in the first couple of rounds? Changes my approach big time. And I've got to make fun of Jamie for this. But do it. Every like, Am I wrong? Every single mock draft we're in is three receivers now. It's like he yeah. has gone turbo on the three receivers. What is up I, with this? I also feel like there's a little lack of disclosure. And I know it's my job to read the rules, but like when we're doing these mocks, 
like it would be nice to get like a little more information about it, like a like a detailed breakdown, maybe even a phone call that says, "Hey, this mock uh, on Tuesday at two p.m. is three wide receivers, half point PPR," and you know, I just feel like he's sort of you know using it to manipulate us. Yeah, it's always three receivers and a flex, and it's often PPR. So if you're doing that format, and by the way, this inspired me to do a Twitter poll to find out if people are playing you're in three the king receiver of league. Twitter polls. I like it. Yeah, I was like, are, are you playing in three receiver leagues? And I think like 57% or something, 58% said yes. So um, anyway, it changes it big for me because to me there is a a drop-off like right when you get to mm-hmm. – we had back-to-back picks, you and I, in the three receiver draft we just did. I think you took Calvin Ridley in round five? Uh, is, no, no, that was Jake who had picked before me. By the way, I don't know if we're supposed to talk about that league. I guess we can't. Okay, I won't talk about it anymore then. But but in that league, uh, it was three-receiver league, and I went pretty wide-receiver heavy with four wide receivers with my first five picks. So I think that a zero or one RB approach is very much in play. Uh, you can get a guy like Lamar Miller. You can get a guy like Miles Sanders to, to be your number two running back. You know, obviously, you're going to be loaded at wide receiver. But I think my point is once you get to the Calvin Ridley, Josh Gordon, Cooper Cup group, and then right after that, you're looking at people, uh, players like Robbie Anderson, mm-hmm. Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel. You have to decide how you feel about them. My favorite from that trio, that trio is uh, is Fuller, but I think Gordon to me is the cutoff of players that I could see being top ten wide receivers. I, I oh no, sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, in a three receiver league, if I'm playing in a three receiver league with a flex, where I really want to start four receivers. I want at least three of those guys. That's that's basically my approach, and I will get running back later. I'm with you 100%. I've been saying that a bunch on this podcast, and to really anyone who will listen, because I think doing all these mocks this offseason, that's the biggest takeaway I've had, is that when you start to look at the running backs, like if you look at the – because I've done it both. I've taken running backs early and ended up having to take wide receivers in rounds four, five, six, and seven, and you are just not confident in your wide receiver core. But if you go wide receiver early and then come back and take running backs, like you, like I'm fine if Rashad Penny is my running back two or my, you know, my flex in a, in, in a situation like that, as long as I had two stud wide receivers. Like if I got Odell Beckham and Julio Jones, and then, you know, I can pick up Marlon Mack in the third round and then add Rashad Penny later in a tight end. Like I, I'm okay with that because I'm confident I can find a, a running back to pop. I think the problem is, with those high-end wide receivers, you're just limited by the number of guys who are truly going to have elite target numbers. Yeah. So let me okay. ask you this, then. As someone who, if I'm at the top of a draft, I'm always taking those top four running backs. Sure. Like Kamara, uh, McCaffrey, Zeke, so on. So in the three-receiver league, say you got the third pick, would you take a Zeke nope. or a Kamara? Oh, 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 over... Those top four running backs are set in stone. Okay, so you're not changing that part of your strategy. Doesn't matter no. format. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. The only now, now if, if you're worried about Zeke and you want to take Hopkins over him, I can't fault you for that. But those top four running backs are so much better. Okay. They were like, and, and you know, Gurley was even better than all of them. Last Some, year, somebody's but. probably like whether it's Cook or Chubb or James Conner or Le'Veon Bell. Somebody's going to pop up and join that group. Really? But, but I, you're, yeah, or Gurley will come <laughs> yeah. back and do it. But I mean, like somebody else is going to join it, or maybe somebody will fall off because of injury or whatever. But yeah, I, I think you have to take those four guys. And then I mean, you know which I assume is what Adam will say too, is like right now at the top of the, at the bottom of the second, you can get Mike Evans and Keenan Allen or, you know, in top of the third, you can go Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, um, Robert Woods is there. I mean, there's just so many wide receivers available in that area that I'm okay if I go stud running back plus two pretty good wide receivers. This is kind of a tangent, but you just mentioned Mike Evans. I feel like he's so undervalued yes. going into this year. Like I was trying to trade him in one of my keeper leagues. Someone's like, oh, I don't want Mike Evans. I was like, Every year he's a top ten receiver. Yeah. Well, that's actually not that's the misconception, I guess, because there have been years where he's had weird touchdown luck, right, right. bad touchdown luck, and he's been like outside the top twenty. But assuming he gets, he, and he hasn't had like a he hasn't had a ninety catch season. I don't think. I think like eighty six or something is high. So there were, I I want to say ten to twelve wide receivers who had a hundred catches last year, and he was not one of them. But then again, he didn't even have a hundred and fifty targets, or he had around that. So without uh, without Deshaun Jackson there, without Adam Humphreys, there's a chance he gets like 170 targets and he could easily be the number one receiver in fantasy with that. It, he, the funny thing about Evans is that there aren't that many guys who are locked in in like a tier of their own, but Mike Evans is definitively the eighth wide receiver. <laughs> it is the, the big seven, 
and then there's Evans, and then there's the Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, all the injured guys, basically, like, right after that. Mike Evans just seems to perfectly fit right after the truly elites and just before the next group. It's kind of funny that he's just right there, middle of round two. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy you're hoping to snag at the, like, cause if you, I mean, to me, if you come out of it with like Christian McCaffrey and Mike Evans and, and I mean, Antonio Brown, that's a pretty good start. Like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that start. You know, like Brown, it's Cooper or it's, it's Thielen or, you know, they're, or Hilton. Yes, it's a great start. It's a yeah, great start. For sure. And then Thielen and those guys, you can even wait till round four if you want to try and get greedy. What about, what do you do in, uh, Superflex leagues? How early will you yank on, uh, old Patrick Mahomes there? Uh, well, I don't ever take Mahomes oh. because I don't think he's going to be the number one quarterback this year. I will take the field over him. Ooh, Sean said uh, on fantasy on your podcast that he's <laughs> easily going to be the number one quarterback. Yeah, and just real, I, real quick, I just, I understand he's going to regress. He's not going to do what he did last year, but he can still regress and still be the number one fantasy quarterback. He had the best year since Peyton Manning in 2013. Peyton Manning followed up that 2013 season with a great year in 2014, and he was QB4. Right, and but I don't even know the last time a quarterback has repeated as QB1. It, I just I don't know the last time it's happened. I really don't. To, to, in Patrick Mahomes' defense, I don't know if we've seen a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes in a long time, and that's I again I understand it doesn't happen very often, but. Quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes don't pop up. I'm not, dra- I'm not, I'm not, he would have to fall to me in the third round for me to draft him and that's just not happening. You wouldn't in take Superflex or? Oh no, Superflex would be different. I would take him. See, but see, I'm of the opinion, like this is just my take on Superflex. And if we're talking about one Superflex spot where you can start, and same thing with two quarterback leagues, right? Where you have to start two quarterbacks. I'm even more excited about not taking a quarterback. Of but, course. B- because I can load up on skill position guys and then I'll come back and grab Mitchell Trubisky and Lamar Jackson later. And I think that, that I can that's win that. a league. little too risky for me, but I, I mean, that strategy does work. I've seen teams win like that, but for me, perfect, a perfect super flex league. Well, Cam Newton, I think is just going to be amazing this year. So yeah, I'm, I'm willing to reach for him, but a super flex league or a two quarterback league, my quarterbacks would be something like Jared Goff, who I, I love. Jared Goff, James, two of these, like five. Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, um, Phil, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees. Or if I want to go later, like maybe one of them and then like a Trubisky. I just, I want one that's a little safer than who you mentioned, Will, but I could see it. I could see that working out for sure. Of course, now having said that, I should point out that when we actually did our two quarterback league draft that I, I definitely drafted, uh, Carson Wentz in the sixth round. So I'm, I'm just a liar and a hypocrite. But that's fine. I mean, yeah. Wentz in the sixth round of a two QB league, he, sure. he probably was like the eighth quarterback off the board or something like that. And and that's exactly the range I want to be in. Um, where the, you've already built a great core of your team. I had I had the ninth overall pick in that in that league, and I went Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, Marlon Mack, Robert Woods, David Montgomery, and then Carson Wentz. Because I sort of felt that like running back had kind of dried up and wide receiver. I thought that Wentz had fallen a little bit further than he should have. Um, and you could I, like, yeah. And then I went Lamar Jackson in round eight. So I feel like Carson Wentz and Lamar Jackson is high risk, high reward. But I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I have no. At that point, I don't even mind going three three quarterbacks in those middle rounds too, where you get like yeah, Cam, oh yeah, get three. Cam Carson and Lamar, or you know, three of the guys that Adam mentioned. I mean, Drew Brees again undervalued. Jameis is going to put up big numbers. I mean, I, there's just so many quarterbacks that are yeah. startable. And I mean, this isn't the same strategy you guys would deploy, but for me, if I can't get Mahomes early in, in a super flex, then I'm not touching a quarterback until like the mid or late rounds, because then I think, I think there's an argument to, I mean, you guys don't feel the same way as me, but I think there's an argument to be made. Mahomes will be so much better than the second place quarterback. No, I don't think so. Um, well, I mean, he was last year. So, I, and then I think if you can't get Mahomes, I wouldn't take like an Aaron Rodgers in round two. I'd rather wait until yeah. the Carson Wentz type of range. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's I completely that's, agree with that. Yep. Uh, but I, I, you know, there's just one guy that <laughs> I, there's a trend now. I think with fantasy and Ben Gretsch is actually the first one to really pointed out with Eli Manning and how much better his numbers were. And I think the biggest reason why was was uh, Saquon Barkley. And so I think the addition of Duke Johnson for Deshaun Watson is mm. huge. Good I mean, point. when you look at what Christian McCaffrey did for Cam Newton and how good Cam's completion percentage was and all these underlying numbers, it's these easy throws and this yards after catch. And I think that Deshaun Watson has a great chance to be the number one quarterback because Duke is going to make him a lot what better. What do you think about Duke Johnson then as a fantasy? So option? Duke's really interesting because over the last three years where Lamar Miller, or I guess in the last two years, 
um, where Lamar Miller's been there, uh, is it two or three? Whatever it is. He's had his steady workload, 230-ish carries, whatever it might be. And then they run the ball so much that the combination of Alfred Blue and Deontay Foreman, and in 2017 that was a pretty big mix, and 2018 it was almost all Blue, those guys combined for about 160 carries. Duke has never had 110. He's had like 105. I could actually see him setting a career high in carries, and I could see him, uh, I don't know, 50, 40 to 50 catch. I don't think he's going to be like one of those super 80 catch PPR studs, but I actually think Duke's a little underrated because they run the ball so much there, and it's it's hopefully it's time that a coach lets him loose a little bit, and we see what Duke Johnson can do with more work. <coughs> Miami cough <coughs> or cough. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I like Duke Johnson. He's, I agree, he's underrated, and especially like in a PPR league, you can tack him on there. And if I mean, he had a he's had good seasons. He's done good work before. They just didn't like him in that offense. Uh, what do you do in a 14 team league? Because man, 14 like if you ever want to feel good about yourself, go to a 10 team mock draft. You will <laughs> you'll be strutting around your house the rest of the day because you're like, man, I annihilated that draft. But in reality, it's just a 10 team league. 14-team league, though, you do a draft and you come out of there feeling like you have made some mistakes. You're going to have a hole, no question. So where should that hole in your roster be? Uh, I always take advantage of the depth at quarterback. I, I sure. very rarely take a, a stud quarterback. It would have to feel like amazing value. So that's number one. Number two is in a 14-team league, I go running back heavy. It doesn't necessarily have to be like my first two, my first three picks, but just I have to come out feeling like I have some running back depth. Because when bye weeks and injuries come, you're screwed. You just cannot do anything on the waiver wire. And I think that's that's sort of, I don't know if it's like really outside the box thinking, but you've got to think about how your team is going to get through the season. It's not necessarily how your team looks on draft day. And in a 14-team league, you always have to ask yourself, what's on the waiver wire? Well, quarterback is going to be on the waiver wire. Mm. Usable wide receivers will be on the waiver wire. Not studs, but guys you can plug in as a flex um, or like somebody, in, somebody you can throw in who, like, if he, maybe he catches a bomb and all of a sudden you've got a number and like, he's at least yeah. gonna get two or three targets. Or it's like Willie Sneed, who's five for 50. Yeah. You know, it's something that you can use. Uh, tight end, there's gonna be a bunch of interchangeable guys you can try to play the matchups and most of them aren't gonna be good, but a lot of teams are gonna be in that situation. Running back, it's, it's like, there is so little on the waiver wire and when somebody good comes up, everybody's in. So uh, I need to feel good about my running back depth in a 14-team league, and I will prioritize that. I will not prioritize quarterback. And tight end is interesting because, guys, I'm sort of – I don't know how you feel about this, but I can see two schools of thought. I want an elite tight end in a deeper league because I have an advantage over even more teams than I would in a 12-team league. Or sort of the way I approach it, I will wait and I'll be more – I will be more okay with not having a great tight end because there are more teams in that boat. I don't have as much of a disadvantage because there are more teams that are struggling at tight end. I never know if there is. I don't think there is a right answer. But, you know, tight end, I'd never have a set strategy in a 14-team league. I just sort of see what the value is on the board. Uh, just to your point really quickly, we have, we have a 14-team league that we, that we, uh, that we drafted uh, in a mock. And Dak Prescott's available. You know, Demarius Thomas is available. Um, Demarius Thomas? Yeah. Isn't he like? He's not. They just activated not. him off the pup today. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, I'm just saying, I but, but I'm saying like, no, I mean, I don't yeah. think he's a, but like, he might be a factor later on in the season where you could grab him off the waiver wire and he could get some targets. Um, yeah, I saw like Miko Hardman out there. I mean, it's just, you yeah. know, like somebody you could grab who might get targets is really my who only Who are the point. best running backs? I mean, it's like Gus Edwards and, yeah. um, Spencer Ware, who actually I believe was put on IR. I uh, physically, physically unable to perform league. But yeah, I mean, like, you get the point. Like, Josh Adda, and you know, like, it's just not a lot at running back there. Um, I, I found myself gravitating a lot towards taking George Kittle in the third round. Like it or I, dislike it? I mean, he's, he's the best target for Garoppolo, for sure. I, I so. also, like, their wide receivers suck. And to me, he's less likely to just get destroyed in terms of, or he's less likely to regress. From, he's going to come down to earth a little bit because he set the record for tight end yards. But he's, yeah, I feel like he's going to come back maybe less than Zach Ertz did, who had that huge spike in targets. And when I, you know, like I don't, I don't love paying the price for Travis Kelsey because I feel like you can get you can get a first and second round pick and then add Kittle in that mix though. So I, if I don't do that, I'm grabbing uh, Vance McDonald or uh, I actually probably just just Vance McDonald is the only guy I draft after if I don't get Kittle or Ertz. Delaney's been my guy lately. I've Delaney taken Walker. Yeah, the last two mocks we did, I, I think. I, you know, maybe it was just seeing Mariota throw a touchdown pass to him, but 
I expect him to be a top 10 tight end and I expect him to be usable. All right. Uh, what, uh, what's the most fun new format you have played? I've never played it, but I do like the, the, like guillotine leagues. Whoa, I think what? that's, hmm. people keep talking about guillotine leagues that, uh, or like I've heard them called like vampire leagues. Maybe they're different, but where, uh, the where you team, steal players or something. The worst team every week gets eliminated. And uh, oh. the players, I don't know what you do with the players. I think they go like into the pool or you can just eliminate those players. But if you score the fewest amount of points, you're gone. You're just out. So You're out. You're so done. the winner is just the last team standing then? That's kind of I awesome. I suppose so. I've never done it. Uh, but, yeah, I think so. I think you just have to not score the fewest amount of points every week. It's pretty, so the, it's pretty cool. The Vampire Leagues are where you like, if you finish, I don't think oh, you're eliminated. You, like People can take your players. Okay, I think, so I think the guillotine league is what I was talking about. The vampire league, right, is when you yeah. you can take players from other rosters. Vampire is, Vampire I, League would be a good um good band name. Vampire Weekend could, League. Yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh, that's a good <laughs> team name. I could see Sean being into a band called Vampire League. I don't even really like Vampire Weekend, so yeah. and people love them, so I don't know. Um Oh no 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 no. This is uh a, this is a vampire thing. Uh, it's a 12 team PBR league. One team is the vampire. How it works. 11 teams, uh, snake draft like normal while the vampire team does not. Once the draft is complete, the vampire makes a team out of the remainders on the waiver wire. The catch, the 11 teams that drafted can neither trade nor pick up from waivers. If the vampire team beats another team, he gets to trade one of his starters for one of the other team's starters. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's, cool. that's yeah. really cool. I like, that's actually very cool. And I would 100% want to be the vampire. We 100%. should do, yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, like, there's more strategy, like, you know, you're just, there's more strategy involved. We should do a vampire mock draft. Well, it's not fun to do a mock draft. You gotta play it out, cause then you, you gotta, don't want, you, know, you, well, you gotta don't do the to, action of playing it out, right? But it would be cool to assemble a team with the waiver wire, like, after a 12 team league was done with only 11 teams drafting. You'd have some good players. Yeah, you could, well, you'd certainly have a good quarterback. Yeah, for sure. You could slap together something. Alright, we gotta, uh, get you out of here. Adam Azer's been hanging out with us too long, but you are gracious to do so. And this was a lot of fun, Adam. It's nice having the two best looking, most talented uh, CBS Sports podcast host on one podcast. Thank you, Brinson. You're not. I mean, you're you know, you're you're a pick six co-host and Sean. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, uh, Adam Azer. Thanks. Uh, I actually really enjoyed coming on, and I enjoy listening to your show. And it's not just lip service when I tell people how great the show is. So you guys have really like you really built a huge football podcast. It's really cool. Thanks, and uh, CBS podcasts in general, by the way, are kicking ass. So. Um, we got a good thing going, and you guys are a big part of it. Well, you built it from the ground up. And by the way, one piece, a little bit of breaking news on the way out. Uh, Friday should be the hearing for Antonio Brown's second helmet grievance. Um, quick resolution, or maybe not. Thanks, as always, for listening. Make sure to check out Fantasy Football today. See you on the telethon on Thursday. Follow Adam Azer at Adam Azer on Twitter. He has great movie takes and incredible food takes as well. <laughs> uh, and follow Sean at Sean J. Wagner. Talk to you guys tomorrow.